right, welcome back to the podcast. We are welcoming back Coach Brusso. He is the head coach at Green Bay West High School. Coach, welcome back. We literally just said it. it's been like two years, I think. Yeah, right. It definitely doesn't feel like it was two years ago. It feels like it was like, you know, about six months ago when we were all still hunkered in our, you know, next to our computers and, and TV screens permanently. But it's good to be back on. Appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, I think the last time you were a defensive coordinator, I think it was way back. Yep. Yes, it definitely was. I got this. My this was my first year as a head coach this past year. So, you know, it's a uh, lot. A lot of things have gone have transpired in the last couple of years. So, yeah, you're the boss now. You make all the shots. You you're, you call the shots for everything. Yeah, at least I'm I'm the person that people that people will uh, come talk to about things rather than, <laughs> rather than rather than being a coordinator. You can sometimes you know oh turn around and you're gone. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been an interesting, uh, first year, really moving, wedding coming up, all that stuff. It's kind of just all just been a whirlwind this last 12 months or so. Well, I was about to say, uh, the good thing about me being an assistant coach, uh, that's how, that's the head coach over there. That's his problem. You can go talk to him. That's, that's what I do. Right. Uh, um, well, congratulations on getting married soon. Uh, cause that's another thing that changed for you, I think since then. So congratulations on that. Appreciate it. Same uh, to you here in the fall. Yeah. On yeah. <laughs> on a Friday night, I was not going to win that argument. Um, Coach Carrick, he does the Flexbone 101 YouTube channel. Okay. Um, I've had him on a couple of times. He lives around Chicagoland. And the, he, he, we just did a podcast. It was literally Joe Rogan style. I hit record and we just talked. There was no introduction. We just kept going what we were doing. And we got yeah. started about wedding. And he goes, you're getting married in the fall on a Friday. And he just reamed into me for like five minutes, for about five <laughs> minutes about. And I was like, way to make me feel bad. Way to make me feel worse. All right. <laughs> but then I laughed because I talked to um, his name's uh, Coach Arthurs. He's a defense coordinator right down the street from me. And I told him about it, and he's different. He goes, Steve, there's other Friday nights for football. You'll be okay. All right. So he, there'll be another game. Well, because he had kids during COVID, and so he was like, they gave me a whole new perspective on things. So he was like, if you miss one Friday, it's okay. And I was like, you say that now until it happens, and I'm at my wedding thinking about like how the game's going. Like, <laughs> I wonder what's happening, because I get too intense. I'm too worried about what's going on, and – you know, that whole week, I'm going to have to make sure practice is set to go and my old line and run game set. And, yeah, it's going to be a lot. Um, so how was your first year being a head coach, a young head coach? Yeah, right. Um, still, I got hired when I was 28. I turned 29 right before the season started. So, um, realistically, coming into this year, I don't, I'm, I don't know if you've – basically, I'll give you the quick synopsis of what's gone on. At Green Bay West and kind of the Green Bay school system in general. Um, the school system has gone under a lot of a lot of tough times. Um, at least from West perspective, the athletic success has been very limited to say the least um, over the last two and a half, three decades. Um, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no excuses, right? You know, it is what it is. Seventy percent of our kids um, live below the live at or below the poverty line, so resources are always going to be limited to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, but, you know, we didn't win a game this year. We could, we had, we had a couple, you know, we basically from my, just kind of doing some self-evaluation on kind of what our, 
deal was this year. A lot of it was, you know, we had, I think I did the math, 70% of our roster was freshmen or sophomores. Wow. Um, 25 to 30% of our players had never played football before. That's always a good time. Yeah, right. And then it took us, we did not have a JV team. It took us six weeks to get enough kids to get a JV, get enough kids for a JV team. Because we started the year with 27 kids for week one at the varsity level. Yeah. And by the time midseason rolled around, our peak was right around, I think, a little bit over 50. Okay. So... You know, I figure like that 40, 30, you know, the 35, 40 fresh, you know, mark is when you can kind of really put the, have kids play, you know, some reserve roles at the varsity level and play some JV time and not really get too beat up. Um, and it took us a long time. We had to recruit our hallways so badly, but, you know, it's credit to the kids. They didn't, they stuck around, did, you know, believed in this is going to take more than a year or two to really see the, the long-term results. Um for us, it was a lot of getting these kids' mindsets right, mm-hmm. you know, getting their behaviors right. We talk about coming, you know, you know, coaches always talk about, you know, coming out, coming out of COVID, you know, and sometimes he's not, you know, sometimes there's like, you know, a little bit of an adjustment period that you have to get into these kids to kind of get them back to, hey, these are the expectations. There's, you know, we're not going to lower our expectations just because you're a little reluctant to meet them. Mm-hmm. Where you you know this is the standard, the standard, right? You've heard that, whatever, right? Any cl- coaching cliche in the world, but right. the baseline of what we are going to expect out of our coaches and our players is what it is. It's not going to change, and it took it took probably almost half the season really to get that rolling, and then you know as the season kind of transpired, you know when you start losing games pretty significantly, where the games are pretty much out of hand halfway through the second quarter, um, you know, you can't blame the kids necessarily for having their, the morale kind of down in the dumps at times. But I think going forward, we still have a very young team. I think we're only going to have eight or nine seniors next year. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a very promising, um, pretty promising thing if we can keep everybody together and keep, you know, have them not be allergic to the weight room. You know, that's kind of the warning thing. I said, and that allergy kills us at times. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, I know what that is. Um, there's a lot of other stuff going on off the field that kind of is making that a little bit difficult. But I'll kind of keep that off tabs unless you want to talk about it later. Um, but yeah, you know, great learning experience, learning kind of, kind of learning what not to do in certain situations and what more than what to do in situations because I feel like. I got a good intuition for what we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's just some things like some things we have may have to cut out or change. I was going to say, was there anything like culture is the big word, right? Like when you come yeah. in like culture, 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 and that can go so many different ways. It's, I think it got overused during COVID and I did the same thing of like culture. It's almost like you have to like lay down your foundation to add on to the house that's already built. It could be bad. You know, it could be right. It could be a rundown looking house when you get there, but you're gonna put yours down. Yep. Was like I think you might have said it, but like, was there something where you said, I'm gonna come in and do this? And as you're doing it, you go, Well, maybe this isn't the best thing to do here. I may have yeah. to tweak it. Right. And I think I think the thing was it was was for me is like I was gonna be more because I didn't really directly coach a position or coach a unit this year, right? I was I helped. I, ha- I I ran the special teams department, but I wanted to kind of take a real seat back and just kind of see 
what was going on and kind of let our co- let our coaches coach. We had a very young staff for the most part. And I'm, and I'm just wanting to see, you know, see the growth, see the development, everything like that. I think going for me as as being more of a CEO kind of thing, I don't want to be, you know, a micromanager, right? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll burn myself out here very shortly if I do that. Right. You know, be in charge of everything and anything and all that stuff. I think the main thing was is that I need to do a better job of setting the expectations to our coaches, which then will trickle down to our players. Like, you know, if we – you know, like, like we talked before, you know, my previous roles and stuff like that, I've had to do a lot of wear a lot of hats, do all this stuff off the field. And I feel like a lot of, you know, some coaches that, that we brought in weren't necessarily, they're either, you know, they're very inexperienced, which, you know, I want, I'm always about giving people opportunities, but I think people, how do I say this? I think people kind of are, their eyes were opened a little bit of how much it takes on a weekly basis to mm-hmm. prepare properly. And it doesn't start, you know, in August. It starts, you know, doing your professional development, everything outside of that. And I think those are some conversations that we've had. I think it's things that the people, uh, coaches, and everybody within the program kind of accept. And we're going to do a better job of that going forward. Yeah, because like you said, you get paid pennies on the dollar when you break it down of practice planning, meeting with coaches. Right now it's clinic season, so we're about to go to clinics. and. Mm-hmm. You, you call coaches now, you get on Zooms with coaches now and learn things, and you have to do that because I don't know about you guys. We'll meet and be like, okay, we were going to tweak some things. What did you learn how we can tweak some things? Or like, what did you learn? What did you see? And some coaches do it, some don't. And the ones that don't are just kind of going through the motion. The rest of us, we're almost burning ourselves out with it. Um, right. And so like we've, but we've even talked about not meeting on Saturdays no more because we don't want to get burnt out. But we're kind of mm-hmm. same situation with you of like, we kind of want to, so we know where the kids are. So they show up on Saturday, you know? Right. Um, so with being a young staff, you think they figured that out or it's really going to be like, they get it now. They went through a year, like, I understand. Well, I think, I think, and also there are some coaches who are retiring. We, we, we had a couple older, we had one old, you know, coach had been coaching for almost, for longer than I've been alive. So um, he's on, he, he, he's retiring, so we're gonna have to replace him and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I think, you know, getting having them jump, having these younger coaches that we have on staff and ones and people that we're gonna bring in, you know, what because you said it's clinic season, it's also interviewing season here coming shortly. That's true. Rolling, yeah. Right. Um, so we have a, as of right now, I mean, we put out a thing for an assistant coach, just thinking there'd only be one coach that we'd have to potentially replace. Um, and it's going to be maybe a couple more coaches. And we've already had four or five people in the interview. So that's another thing you got to kind of do is, you know, see the strengths, see the weaknesses, see things, see the tools you can take for, for, from prospective coaches, see how it integrates, one, from a football perspective, and two, from a camaraderie perspective on your staff. Right. And that's another kind of hat that, we're gonna, that I'm going to have to – dig a little bit deeper and kind of ask, ask more difficult questions instead of maybe potentially, um, you know, just saying, you know what, I can, we, we can help you. We can tool everything for you and everything like that. Uh, but to answer your question, I think, I think the fact that I, I, this is what I think will happen is that the fact that I'm very patient when it comes to people learning, Mm-hmm. If they put in the time, put in the work to better themselves as a coach and and, and as a human being in this offseason, come, come the fall, 
there shouldn't be any issues. I think they'll be excited for the opportunity once again. Yeah, we had to replace four, I think, this from last year, this year. Okay. And it took us all the way to like July to like get it done. So it's bad out there. Yeah, I'll just say this. Um, From going into the season, we had, I think I had five different prospective coordinators that either accepted the position and then bailed um, or whatever. Um, You know, certain circumstances, you know, whatever. I'm not going to judge them for what what decisions they made. Um, But we didn't really have a finalized staff to almost the scrimmage. Wow. So it was, you know, we had people, okay, good, HR's running their stuff, everything like that, and then they either don't show up or they t- use, the, use the job for leverage, right? I get, I get the business part of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. We all do. But not telling me ahead of time was kind of like, ugh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way at times. But, you know, it, it, it's a business from a coaching perspective. I understand that. So having a full year where I want to get the whole staff locked and loaded, have them ready to go by the time we get into summer, Right. By the time mm-hmm. school ends, I'd like to have our whole staff finalized at, at the minimum. And then we can kind of meet, build everything, get everything ready to go. You know, be everybody on, on the same thing. With the, so if we're if no matter who's gone, say I'm gone for a day, whatever. Right. Something happens. They know how to run, run a drill, do a do a period, every technique, blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. Now, will that be the reality? Who knows? Right. But that's, you know, that, that <laughs> that's how you draw it up. Right, that's that's the plan, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, was there anything huge you learned before being a head coach that made you feel more prepared for it? Because I know you, you're not going to be take this job if you're not prepared. But right. was there like something big in the college world that you're like, okay, I can use this because you can't use everything from college into high school; it just no. doesn't work. No, no. I think I think the main thing was was that being. I would say having the, you know, I don't want to say demanding respect, but like coming in knowing that, hey, this is how things are going to be run. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be a part of things like that, here's the, you know, this is you volunteer to do this. You're not on scholarship, mm-hmm. right? We're not paying you to be here. And that's kind of where the difference where I had to kind of check myself a little bit early just because like, you know, I was a little bit more in your face, you know, demanding respect, but giving respect, you know, all this stuff. I kind of took, kind of came off of that a little bit, but I still be. I, I was, I would say, I was firm. I'm firm but fair, mm-hmm. right? And I think the kids really respect that because they kind of need that role model in their lives. I'm not saying I'm a role model by any means, right? Being not that much older than them in, in the grand scheme of things, but being a consistent figure for them. Um, and I also think being all the stuff behind the scenes, I was, I was actually prepared for, right? Right. Dealing with budgeting, dealing with talking boosters, dealing with, you know, talking to administration, all that stuff. I've done that before at the college level, you know, being a football ops guy, mm-hmm. not really doing much on the field stuff and everything like that. You're doing a lot of behind the scenes, making sure all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. Right. And I think that that probably was the biggest asset off the field for me is that I was pretty prepared for it. And it probably helped you be prepared for like, like you said, if it's more of a low income school, it probably helps you get prepared for that. Cause in college you're dealing with all walks of life. So yes. I think so I think it helps you relate to them because I did that too where I coached at a high school and I quickly realized these kids needed us more than anything else. So like we had kids that didn't even want to go home. Practice would be over. Nope. It's 730. You're driving home. 
They're sitting on the stairs of the school and you go, hey, what are you guys doing? We don't want to go home. And it mm-hmm. breaks your heart. You're kind of like, okay, well, we didn't see you. So if you get in trouble, we don't know that you're here. Just we don't, we kind of don't know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. and yep. I'm guessing that helped you too. Cause it, nothing really prepared me for that. I always coached not rich kids. I'm not saying rich kids, but it was never kid living out of a hotel, kid living out of their car. Mm-hmm. You know, it, nothing prepared me for that at all. Right. Kids. And that was the goal, you know, and people are like, Oh, you're going to get brand new equipment coming in and stuff like that with, 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 with what you have. The main thing that we use a lot of our fundraising money for was, was meals on the road. Mm-hmm. That was the thing with like with these kids, some of these kids, like you come, you come for summer lifting and I'm like, and they're just dying. Like they're, you know, they're, you know, they're sluggish and everything. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Well, coach, I haven't ate in a while. When's the last time you ate two days ago? And I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah. It's like, that's the one thing that I took from the summer thing was none of these kids are going to go home out of, on a Friday night hungry. I'm going to make damn sure of that. Right. And that's what a lot of our money went to. Like we, we spent a decent amount of, like, I didn't just get a McDonald's or whatever for, for road games, like paid, paid a decent amount of coin and got themselves some really good food. Mm-hmm. That's the least we can do for these kids, you know? Right. We did the same thing. Like Thursday nights were team dinners. Yep. At, not the high, high school I'm at now. We still do that, but this school, I guess the school I'm at now, you can kind of consider low income. It's probably half or whatever. The other school I was at, it was 4,000 kids. It was a low income, like bad neighborhoods. And Thursday nights, no coach ate. We made sure that no coach got food because we gave it to them. And whatever was left over, we said, take to grandma, take this home. We know this is your dinner. Because like you, like you said, we don't know when they're going to eat again. It might be at school the next day if they have the free lunch. Mm-hmm. And then that's another reason why we had them come in on Saturdays because we wanted to make sure we knew they'd show up. And we always brought donuts, coffee, whatever, because we knew they weren't going to eat breakfast. Yep. And no, I, I know you were prepared for that. Nothing prepared me for that when I opened it up or my eyes were open to that. Mm-hmm. And I had to change how I coach because I was old school yelling at them, get in their face. Some kids I could do that. Some kids were going to snap at me, but then some kids respect you more when you do that because they don't have that in their life right. at all. Yeah, you definitely can't do you can't do a cookie cutter one one size fits all approach to all all these kids. You got to learn these kids, right? You have to establish mm-hmm. those relationships, and you have yeah you, you, you might you have to poke some you know you, you have to poke the buttons and see which ones you can work with, which ones you can't. Not being disrespectful of any means, but you got to learn how to how to communicate with each and each and every kid you have. Right, and I had to learn that very because I'm only 32, but like I had to learn that very quickly because all of our coaches playing high school they weren't like that. They were treating everybody the same. They're gonna yell everybody the same. They might talk to you individually different, but on the field they you were the same. And I did that, and then some kids break down and cry, or some kids shut down, some kids whatever. And then because of COVID, I call them COVID kids, it has gotten worse. So you really have to figure it out. And I don't care if people know that I call them all COVID kids. It's true. Everything has changed. Um, but that's – that. we're not going to talk about parents. It's just kids. COVID <laughs> kids. Um, but you really have to figure that out now. And – I left that school with a newfound respect of these kids from low income, kids living out of hotels and their cars coming over here. I try to tell these kids now, you think you have it rough? Go to the town 20 minutes that way and tell me how tough you have it. 
and you have to call them out on it. And sometimes they respect you and sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. But the kids that respect you make it. Right. And some of the kids, you know, I I bring up a story where a kid we were trying to recruit. I won't say who who he was, right, or where he went. But in the college level, we were recruiting this kid very highly, you know, super highly talented kid, got stars behind his name, all that good stuff. Kid was living out of a trailer, and the trailer was so bad that the that there was like vegetation growing in it, like there was a tree sprouting through his trailer. Jesus. He was living, but he was living in it. And I tell the kids, I'm like, you know, granted, I can't, you know, each in, each in, you know, each deal is different, but you know, if you have a support system, a positive support system, if you have a roof over your head, you have meals to eat, you're doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. In, in, in the grand scheme of things, you don't have a tree growing through the middle of your trailer and then hurricane season comes around. Then you don't know if you're going to make it through the night. Right. right. So keep that in mind. And some, like you said, sometimes the kids will get it. Sometimes it's like, well, that's him. That, that ain't yeah, me. So yeah. I'm like, okay, well, got to yeah. find a different way to try to try to reach them. That's exactly what happens. They're like, well, my life's okay, though. And then I try to tell these kids sports is such a uh, privilege that it can be taken away at any moment. And I have mm-hmm. to give them examples. God forbid an injury happens, like knock on wood, like it's that takes away from you. Um, you guys get in trouble in school. We were talking about before recorded. I'm dealing with the situation right now. If you're just around the situation, mm-hmm. deans come down, principal comes down, there's nothing I can do at that point. They can take it away from you a snap of a finger. Right. Yeah. I've gotten told, we had, we had a couple times, or I think it was one instance this year where I come in like I came in Friday mornings. I always followed the jerseys, handed them out to them. Right, kind of made it like a like, like you know like a school pride thing. Right, people mm-hmm. come in, they see me in the hall in the office. They're like, "Oh, cool, coach is here." I had a couple times where after I was on handing out jerseys, people pulled me to the side, administration be like, "Hey, this is the deal that went on. Your kid's not playing tonight. Sorry." And I'm like, "Okay, well, we yeah. gotta roll with the punches." Yeah, but as coaches, we roll with the punches. Everybody else around you, though, is going to find a way to make it not about them or their fault. And that's another thing mm-hmm. we have to deal with now. That one we all played. And I don't know. And I'm getting way off topic away from your head coaching thing. And I apologize. No, but, it's, all, it's all good. Bro. But all like, good. I try to tell the kids, like, yes, freshmen and sophomores, because I'm a varsity football coach, freshman and basketball. And I'm like, who wants to play college sports? They all raise their hand. And I laughed. And they're like, why are you laughing? And I said, because I know college coaches. And the way you guys act right now, and if this continues, you will not be recruited. And I try to give them that slap of reality. What do you mean? And I said, do you know the questions they ask when they recruit guys when they're juniors or seniors? Mm-hmm. What? Grades? Do they go to workouts and stuff? What's their attitude like? Like, those are the three top questions. Right. And you got, you know, you, you got these kids who think, you need let me say, like I said, it, it's an open forum like, like we're talking about tonight. Things are going get, to gonna, gonna get you kind of ventured one way or another. But, you know, My bad. I, no, you're okay. <laughs> I, I like doing this stuff. It, it's fun. I usually do this stuff on, on a decent basis with just people just like talking just sports in general. Um, and, you know, you, you same thing, right? Who wants to play college ball? Okay. Mm-hmm. What are your aspirations? I want to make it to the NFL. Okay. Well, I've been fortunate enough to coach players that are now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been around plenty of Division One football players and whatnot. You know, college level athletes, um, they're all their daily habits and everything, their attitudes, everything. It's all kind of right around the all the same, same, similar, you know, mold. 
Mm-hmm. And what you're doing right now is probably not going to translate very well. So you got some work to do. Right. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you want to go to the top level, but you don't have the academics necessarily right now to, to work on that. Right? Right. And you have certain things going on in school behavior eyes that are probably not going to be tolerated very much. Because I'm, I'm not going to lie to a college coach just to save, you know, you're behind. Right. In the short term. Right. Because because if because if they because if and I've told the kids this, if you if if I as a as a head coach put my name, my reputation on you as a kid and you go to the next level and you and you flounder up for whatever reason, maybe it's behavior, maybe it's grades, maybe it's whatever. Right. Whatever it may be. Are they really going to be mad at you in, in the long run? No. Right. They're not, you know, some kid, whatever. They're going to be more upset with that with with the adults in the situation that put put their name and their reputation on the line to vouch for you. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not going to lie to college coaches. I've already had a couple couple coaches this this season, even though we had a you know a very poor season result wise. Still, have, you know, college coaches still reach out, and I appreciate that. And I told them the real like we got some we we have we have some talent on our roster that can definitely translate to the next level. And there's a few kids who I think are ready for that from a maturity standpoint and from, you know, doing, getting, getting their business done and taken care of some of them, not. And I'm, and I've unfortunately had, you've had those, probably had the discussions at some point too, where you have to tell another adult in in the situation, Hey, be probably be in your best interest not to waste your time. Mm -hmm. Or if you want, if you really want this kid, you're going to have to learn and how, and how to keep building on what we've done and try to make this kid a better, better human being. Yeah, like we have a 6'5", 300-pound freshman, but we're dealing with freshmen. And I've mm-hmm. told some college coaches I'm friends with and they're on this podcast, and their eyebrows raised. They're like, really? 6'5", mm-hmm. 300 pounds? And I said, trust me, don't talk to me for another year about him because I have to get him right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you – that may get him right, though. I thought about this. If I have a college coach go up to him and mm-hmm. say something, that might make it. Right. Very well might. Yeah, I have a had to unfortunately dismiss a, a kid off the team this past year. Um, for I won't get into the details, right? Um, kid, I had college coaches, even though I he's only a sophomore, he's 6'5, 250 pounds, never played football before. Ooh, that sounds great. Right. <laughs> You're like, right. oh, I can mold that. Like, like height, weight, look, looks apart, walks in, everything like that. Just need just a big old piece of moldable clay, right? Right. Not a fat 250 either, like a solid built kid. Um, coaches hit me up. It's like, hey, you know, he's got a lot of growing up to do. His grades right now, you know, he probably won't be a JUCO kid, mm-hmm. right? If he does, if he does keep up with it. But he has to earn his right to get back on our team. And mm-hmm. right now, it's up in the air of of the, if that's going to take place. Right. Um, was was that something you were? thinking was going to happen at the school with all the troubles that were going on, like fully prepared for it or did anything shock you? Not in detail, but was there like, oh my God, like I didn't expect this. I think the, so I'm the fifth head coach they've hired in the last seven years. Put it that way. Oh, right. 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 So just kind of keeping it, people have not stayed very long. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, due to whatever circumstances that have taken place, no judgment put anywhere. But I think the fact that 
holding kids to a higher standard than what maybe has been done in the past mm-hmm. was really the mind boggling thing to me is that some, some kids think that they can just show up the day before the games, go to the team meal and then start on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just showing up to practice at times has been interesting with keeping attendance and everything. And, you know, commitment levels and everything like that. Now, if you got something going on, cool. You just got to let me know ahead of time as, as much as you can. Not just, right. oh, last right. minute. Oh, well, I got this going on, so I can't be there. Well, you're basically telling me that you don't care enough about your teammates or, or the program or myself to tell us and give us that respect that we probably deserve in situations like this, right? Right. And I think that was the biggest biggest shock to me is that just showing up when you think you can and still being the best still thinking you can go out and dominate on friday nights is a little bit of a interesting take right right? you 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 just can't show up whether it's not coming to the weight room sessions whether it's not doing whatever now some kids absolutely they did that right i'm not just raining on people's parades the whole time i don't want to have that be the narrative but it seems like from your and I's perspective, right, we've we've been in situations where, hey, you don't show up for one practice, you're gonna be you 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 you're gonna have some problems. Right. You don't you don't show up all week and then you wanna try to still play. Son, I don't know what to tell you. You're you're kinda of writing your own story on that one. Right. So I think that's probably the biggest adjustment period that being firm, even if it maybe been you know doesn't benefit the team or maybe hinders the team result wise come game time you can't give in to that short-term mindset because it'll kill your kill what you're trying to build long term right because you talking about kids just showing up maybe that's what it was because the numbers weren't great i've been a part of that where numbers aren't great you're afraid of just looking at kids saying go home don't be here if you're not going to do this because they are worried about is this going to make us not compete Friday night? Mm-hmm. But like you said, if a culture building or this refoundation is going to take time, so you have to trim the fat, as we call it, like from a chicken, like when you're cutting the fat off a chicken, you have to get rid of this, get this mindset, and then it starts rolling. And it is going to take time, and it yeah. is going to be frustrating. You are going to lose hair over it. You're going to get gray hairs over this. Yeah. But if you can lay it and get the kids thinking right and it trickles through the whole school – and like what we're doing is trying to get all other sports kind of involved and like try to do everything the same. Then it starts trailing going, okay, now I understand. Now I get it. And then yeah. you can build more into what you want from a culture perspective. Yeah. And that's, that was this whole year one is understanding what exactly has been allowed and condoned in the past mm-hmm. and dealing with the, well, this is how it, this is how it was done before. Well, look at the previous results on top of that. I don't think you're getting the results you want, right? But you want to do the same things you did before. Kind of the definition of insanity, if you ask me, right? right. You want to you want to show up and ball out on Fridays, but you're not willing to put you may not be willing to put the work in from you know December to July. But yet you want to do that. Interesting. And there's there, there, there's been a decent amount of pushback, decent amount of you know, people being, you know, right, pe- people disagreeing with that, to say the least. 
but there's been a lot more support from administration and boosters and parents involved that are positive supporters of the program. They really appreciate actually holding true to what we said when we came in in March. Right. I've been a part of that too, where, well, this is the way we've always done it. And I said, that's the worst thing you could be saying right now. Cause I've been on a staff where I was the only one not born and raised in that town. Mm-hmm. And I've been told that, well, this is how we've always done it, or this is it. And I'm like, well, maybe you need to get out of town more often and see how other places do things. Mm-hmm. And I've done that. When I moved up to the suburbs, this is my third high school for football, at least. And I'm like, you got to see the world and see how other people do things and learn. Like, just because, well, especially like if this is the way you've always done it, you're winning state titles, you're probably okay. Like, you're right. doing something right. If you're not winning or getting to the playoffs, then maybe you don't, maybe something needs to change. Right. And this school has not made the playoffs in football since 1996 when I was a toddler. I was three years old. So, if doing things how they have been done, yeah, you know, I can understand it. But at the same time, at the end of the day, we want to be successful. Mm -hmm. Now, Number one thing for me is making sure all these kids graduate. If we can win some football games in between this thing, make them better people, that's better people, graduate, be more ready for the real world. That's what that's the number one success factor for me. Mm-hmm. But it, it's amazing that how it sometimes correlates, or I shouldn't even say sometimes, how it really correlates when you take care of a lot of your business off the field. Magically, you're on the field, success starts taking an uptick. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's yeah. that that's what we've been trying to do. Well, and then again, dealing it with after COVID is even harder because the Zoom didn't help. Trying to figure out how they act in school doesn't help mm-hmm. with 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 that. I think I think slowly here in a year or two it's gonna get back on track because you have kids coming from middle schools and it will hopefully get back to what it was. But mm-hmm. I every coach I've talked to at the high school level, unless it's a school that is just a weld oiled machine is dealing with the same issues that we are now, like we're talking about. I coach Mm -hmm. baseball at a different school than I work at and coach football at. Talking to them, they are also dealing with similar stuff. And -hmm. it's a school of like high prestige too. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, high taxes neighborhood type of thing. But they're dealing with similar stuff. Kids skipping class, kids getting fights in the bathroom, the TikTok challenges that pissed everyone off last year. Like... (laughs) pulling the sinks off the wall like even this high prestigious schools were dealing with the same thing and so i'm like okay it's not just an us thing that's quote unquote low income which was not as bad as the other school i used to work at but like dealing with this fallback of covid remote learning is not helping us coaches out and so many coaches have retired and left because of all dealing with this extra stuff we're all dealing with Absolutely. The, the the actual coaching part of it is the fun part. Right. It's everything else you got to deal with that's, you know, you're, you're not getting around it. You just have to kind of grit your teeth and uh, deal with it. Oh, yeah. When we get to being the line coach, we get to blocking. I'm like, okay, here we go. But then we are dealing with getting their attention in the film room because they're thinking it's class. Uh, get into the weight room. Uh, what's the importance of this? Oh, they'd rather go to export or something and lift. Like just something like that. And mm-hmm. that's what we're dealing with. When you're on the field, it's fine. All that extra stuff is what's causing us to be like, Sh- is, have you ever thought to yourself, like, do I want to do this right now? I've done it all the time. Like, do I really want to? <laughs> yeah, I do. 
I coach all three sports. I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, I don't get a day off. I'll get six days off when basketball's over and I go right into baseball. Like, that's what happens. Yeah, right. Um, outside of culture, yeah. I'm X's and O's and I know it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, well, you're the- when you came in, did you think, this is what we're going to do, offense or defensive-wise, and then once you got there, you're like, no, this is not what we can do. Um, I saw – so looking at the past years on film, right, I thought – like, and this is – you know, everybody's got, got their own way to, you know, run, run an offense, run a defense, right? I just thought going in that the previous couple – the previous, like, four or five years at times of what's been run – maybe did not have the kids be- kids best skill sets you know in certain places but you know what hey i'm not them i i don't know those conversations they had right? right i'm not i'll never i'll never you know rip on another coach for what they were trying to do never will do that okay um i tried to become try to simplify it um being that and this is the hard part right because we had different coordinators that we wanted to come in and they wanted to run the they, you know, I, I, you know, I would check off anything they tried to do. Right. I'm not just gonna let them have free reign on, you know, Oh, we're just going to run, you know, air raid all the time, but we got offensive linemen that can't really, you know, move, mm-hmm. get, you know, need, need some help, right. Need a, need, need a chip here and there from a tight end or a back. Right. It, um, and, you know, unfortunately, like I said, this, this whole year was just discombobulated where I had to literally put, put in an offense like a couple weeks before the season started on my, like I had, I had to implement it. And then I had an offensive coordinator on a guy on staff who stepped up to be the OC who then ran plays. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I tried, I tried being more gap scheme, more smash mouth, more ready to go. And you could tell that these kids weren't necessarily, they had, they had all that they have the physical tools to do it, but they didn't have the mentality yet to do it. Right. And that's where it was kind of like, we kind of opened the playbook back up to where we started becoming more of a predominantly passing team just because, Weirdly, and you'll find this funny as an old line coach. We did much better in pass inning than we did did in the run game. Oh, I've been a part of that where we had games this year where I'm like, hey, don't run the ball because right now we can't move nobody. But for some reason, we're, we we're, we're staying in front of them. So just keep doing that. Right. And, uh, you know, we, we got a really, really good, talented receiver. He's been a two-time second-team all-conference receiver, and now he's a second-team all-DB uh, as well. Kid's only a sophomore. Oh, wow. So – Basically, the thing was, is like, you know, you can't force feed him the ball, but you got you got to scheme some stuff to get him open every once in a while, right? Right. And average, you think he was number one in the state in yards per catch for kids who had more than, I think, 15 catches? He, had, mm-hmm. he averaged like 32 a catch. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we got to do more of that, and we got to – to me, I, I, want, I, wanted, I wanted to get those guys – I wanted to do a lot of heavy – I wanted to be as balanced as possible in offense. So the play action game would really come come in into fruition, but you know at times it, at times it, it did work and sometimes it really did not work. Right. Right. Um, defensively, I kind of you know I'm a three down guy, and you saw a lot of this was previously a four a four down defense, and you can see the kids were still as the year went on they got a lot better in seeing like where their fits are and everything like that, mm-hmm. and I think they started learning about it. But, you know, you also have those kids who are somewhat demoralized where, hey, you know, it don't matter what we scheme up. Well, we're going to get beat. So then they just don't give full effort. And it's like, right. Oh, God. And it's like, 
you're in position to make a play. I like I, I won't pull it up right now, but there's there's a play I have saved for effort, right? There's a play in the game where I think they threw I think they threw a swing route or whatever. Maybe it was a screen pass, I don't remember. But there was literally seven of our guys around the ball and all seven of them missed tackles and they scored touchdown. So it doesn't matter what you scheme up, guys, if you're not tackling. Right, right, right. Like that that's kind of the running thing that's that was that play alone was like the epitome of what we of what we had to experience this year at times. Mm-hmm. And like I think there's another game and I, and I told this to a couple of coaches and they cocked their head a little bit. We had seven turnovers in a game and we gave up an onside kick on top of that and we lost only by forty. Okay. Well there way to be positive about it though. Like <laughs> Right. And like our, our one game that we had a really good chance of winning this year came down to the wire. We turned the ball over four times. We lost eight to six. Jeez. <laughs> right. It, like we, we turned the ball. Like we, we shot ourselves in the foot so much. We, we even shot our prosthetic feet. We don't even have those anymore. <laughs> if we can just limit our own mistakes. We, we probably would have been very, very competitive and probably won a few games this year. But, you know, should have, could have, would have. Right. That's right. more on us to make sure these kids make the right decisions. But. Sometimes the kids still do what they want. Oh yeah, they they go back to what they know, or they kind mm-hmm. of uh, think what they know in. what they're comfortable in, or they think they know better. So they mm-hmm. that's what they do. Whether it's they see it on TV or somebody at home's telling them, and they're like, "Well, this is what you should do." You know, the armchair coaching people like this is probably what you should yep. have done. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, because uh, right now we're. We're figuring out ourselves again, even though we've been – when I got hired on the staff, it was that summer of 2020, mm-hmm. and I was the new guy. These guys have been together. The One of the assistant coaches became the head coach. They've all coached together for a while, so I'm like the new guy. But that COVID year, we kind of put duct tape on what we were doing. It was just kind of like, what really new could you install? Because our our season was that spring. Where oh, basketball yeah. started in January, football started in March, track started in April or so, so everything was crammed into that five, six months. So really we were kind of like let's they basically told me they're gonna run the same offense they did the year before because like why you don't have time to even like put something new in. Right. You can have some tweaks in. And then for us, I'll never forget the date. I got done with track like June fourth. June 7th, State of Illinois said go back to normal. So we started football and basketball up June 7th after everything just had ended for sports. So it was Groundhog Day every day. And so then you go through summer football, summer basketball. Then August hits and you're right back into normal football, except school. School was like back to COVID rules, but when you're outside, it didn't matter no more. And so it was football season all over again. So we had our two seasons in the same year. And we we were just kind of blaming COVID and how do we install, how do we get new things in, like all this stuff. Yeah. And then now this year we're coming to a point where we need like a system because we need the freshmen to kind of do what we're doing to make sure we're on the same page where it's built up. And so we don't really have an excuse. Like we've been there, we should have had this figured out, but we were just like figuring out the type of kids that are going to come in for you being a new coach, was it kind of like you still have to figure out what you're gonna do on varsity? So was it right. just so how do you tell your freshmen like this is what you're gonna do or or whoever? Well well here's the thing, like we only had a varsity team until week seven. We didn't Oh yeah, have that's a right, fr- you said that. 
So literally kids are learning how to play football during the week and then they're trying it out on varsity on Fridays. I totally forgot like, you said that. I'm old. I, I'm old. Oh, no, you're okay. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's probably the biggest thing for me was seeing how the lack of relationships with the youth pro with like the middle school and the youth programs around here. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really tried to do a lot of is establish those relationships with those co- like positive relationships and be there for them as a resource if they mm-hmm. need to. And you, you see, like there was a example and I'll just say this, this is a pretty, pretty remarkable thing I, I saw from an eighth grader was eighth grader, great kid, whatever plays football does really well. He reached out to me and said, Hey coach, I'm trying to get a meeting together where you could come in and talk to us about what football is going to be like next year. Wow. And I got like 30 kids. I got 30 of us who want to come play for you. And I'm like 30. <laughs> and, then, and then the previous class before, like the seventh grade class has like 40, 40 of them that want to come play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hold up here. Hang on here. We might need to like, you know, double our helmet, helmet inventory here. To <laughs> I got to make an order. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, I think it's seeing that, seeing how kids are excited to potentially be a part of the change, right? Put their own stamp, put, make their own legacy, which you don't see a lot in, in, of today's kids, mm-hmm. right? For, for whatever reason, right? Not good or bad. It's just, it's just you know, diff, different kind of different kind of mentality. Right. And to see a kid do that, take, take the reins at like 13, 14 years old, wanting to be a positive part of the change and seeing what they can do to help make our jobs easier. Right. Like That's, that takes a lot from a kid that age to kind of have that awareness. And uh, I don't know how it is up there, but around here in the Chicagoland area where you have multiple schools very close to each other, you can go somewhere else if you just hop, skip, step over the road. It So in Green Bay, it's still open enrollment within the district. Okay. Right? Um, it's still open enrollment in certain areas, but a lot of the districts are doing is that they are landlocking themselves from incoming kids and that you have to move into the district for them to attend. And with our, with our rules is if you transfer before your sophomore year, you're immediately eligible. Right. Okay. But if you transfer after the start of your sophomore year, it has to be a family move. Otherwise, you're ineligible for the for, for your junior year. So you have to play JV only. Okay. Yeah. We <laughs> Illinois, you have to live in the district. I think if you transfer, you can't do sports for like 90 days or something. Yeah. Something like that. But then if you go from public to private, you can play right away or something. Yeah, it's it's a whole, you know, it, it's a whole can of worms opening up. I'm not saying anything private is bad, right? But it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of things you can bring up in certain instances where it may be favorable to do so. Right. But I think for us is if you look at the map of kids in the district, just in the Green Bay Area School District, where there's four high schools. Mm-hmm you see the amount of kids that live literally across the road from the school that are going to another school because of the reputation lack thereof that Wes has had. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's probably, you know, that's something you can't really control, but at the end of the day, it is pretty frustrating seeing how you can't get some of these really, you know, regardless of their talent or not. Right. 
just just having that thing where you're just gonna oh I'm gonna go here because I don't want to go here, right, right. And it's like, and that's something you just can't control. Like things out of out of your control are the most frustrating, but you sh- but they shouldn't be because they're out of your control. <laughs> right. There's a school district right twenty minutes north that's just like that. There's three high schools in it. One is super super good at every sport they do. The other one is eh, and the third one is bad. And like you said, literally the bad one right across the street, they go to the one that's really, really good because they're athletic. Then there's another school district, which is the biggest school district. Is it the biggest or second outside of Chicago public school? They get to pick to their high school because each high school has a different speciality of classes. So if uh. if it's like communications, they're going to go to this school. And so like the newer school has that, and that's where the athletes have been going. Yeah, because we have because our school is an IB World School, and then they're back sure I don't know big words right hippopotamus helicopter <laughs> big words right yeah our, our, we're an IB World School, and there are one another school is like a fine arts school mm-hmm. like it, like specializes in fine arts and stuff like that and and you know technology and another and whatever and you know I think it helps that. Our, our curriculum, even though it's a part, you know, even though it's a part of a district, being an IB school is a little bit tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think it's an interesting thing that people, you know, I'm if somebody wants to do that stuff, they want to leave or whatever, I have no problem doing that, right? Like, no hard feelings. You're going to do what's best for you and your family, mm-hmm. right? If your family has to move to a different area because that's going to be more advantageous for them, cool. No hard feelings. Just don't leave. Just don't leave me in the dark about it, yes. right? Just so we come in July and like, oh, he moved. Oh, that would have been nice to know. But you know, we can't have it perfect in in, in all aspects, right? Or they keep talking about leaving. Like I'm just going to transfer here, and you're kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, see you. We've had that. Like I think I'm going to go here. I think I'm going to go here and looking for attention, and we have to. And I'm finally like, okay. Like yep. I hate to see you go, but if it happens, I gotta we gotta go with the next guy up. Yep, and that we've we've had those discussions too. We're like, well, I'm gonna go here. Okay, like I can't. What 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 am I gonna say that's gonna stop you? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna get on my hands and knees and beg you to stay. Right. You know, if if you truly feel that's the best opportunity for for yourself and your siblings and your family, then go ahead. It's, and I've even had parents say, well, I'm going to move my son out of here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you really believe that's the best opportunity for your son and for your family, go ahead. Yeah. If, if you need yeah. me to call the coach, I'll, t- I'll call him. It's fine. But, uh, but they don't like that. No, they don't like that. They they, And I don't care if our, my players hear this. Some just – maybe that's what the honest to God truth is, is they – family's got a job or whatever. This has happened. They're gone. Others aren't really leaving. They just want to hear you say how much you need them. Mm-hmm. And maybe when I was younger, like 22 or 23, or when I started coaching at like 19 years old, even then I might be like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm older, I'm like, well, I'm too old for this. Right. You know, we're, 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 we're not doing, you know, the, the soapbox, blah, blah, blah. You know, I... I don't have, I don't have the energy for that every, you know, all the time. Right. You know, once in a while, if you strike me the right way. Yeah. Okay. 
I'll, you know, do that. But more times than not, I'm looking for the best. I'm looking for how we can benefit, how the program can get better and how we can make these kids set up better for the real world. If, if you don't want to be a part of that, I'm sorry, but find somebody else to go to, that, that will, that you believe will take what you are doing right now and think that's okay. Mm-hmm. And see how it goes for you. Right. Now, if you do leave, you probably can't come back. Yep. That, that's what I'm like, Hey, if you're going to leave, you can't come back. Especially if they're like, a, if, if they're like going to be a junior, right. I'm like, Hey, if, if you do leave, man, unless you fully move back, full family move back in a, in a year's time, which I highly doubt you're probably not going to, you're probably not going to be able to come back. So you got to make a decision. You not, stick with. not in this housing market. You ain't coming back. <laughs> no, no, sir. <laughs> that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting for it to crash again, just to to go get a house. Yeah, we're fortunate we got this house. You know, we we had to put long. You know, this is completely un, unrelated football wise, right? But yeah. you know, it is what it is. We did in a matter of so a matter of twelve days. I had two interviews and I had the phone call telling me that I was a recommended candidate for the board. Right. Mm-hmm. So within two days, this was in January. Then we did house hunting from, in a matter of two months, we traveled, which is 100 miles over from where we lived. We traveled here twice a week, every week, put in 20 offers on houses, and finally finally moved into our house in late May. So you were you were a busy bee that spring. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to manage and run everything remotely until we did move. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, I, rem- I remember the virtual weightlifting stuff like no yeah and even just like meeting with players meeting with coaches meeting with administration when i'm 100 miles away right you know it's just like ah i i and i would i would do the thing as i would go substitute at the school if i could on a friday or whatever stay there for a little bit and then come home friday night right um speaking of weight room for us, that's been the biggest culture change is like, like you said, it's one thing to show up for practice or to, kids want to show up to practice or the game, right? That, that's kind of what they live for. Getting them to understand that the weight room is where they're going to win and the classroom, classroom and weight room is kind of where they're built. Um, for us, and I don't know if you saw this too, that's been kind of the biggest, I don't know if problem's the word or pushback. We're like, mm-hmm. we have to take a mini bus sometimes. Or our head coach does. God bless him. Our head coach lives an hour away to work at the school. He teaches there. By God, he'll show up to school at 4.30 in the morning, get a mini bus, and go pick these kids up to make sure that they're by like 5, 5.30 to late way lift. That's been yeah. the biggest push. I, I wish I could do that. But a lot a lot of loopholes to jump through to even, be, even do that. But, yes, um, for us, it's – so I'll kind of peel the onion back a little bit and what's going on IRL with, with our school. Mm-hmm. Um, our school back in the 90s made wrestling wrestling room, weight room on the second floor. Okay. So that should ring a couple bells for you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in certain time, I don't remember what the time frame was, they switched the rooms. The, the wrestling room became the weight room. The weight room became the wrestling room. Only one of those rooms unfortunately was reinforced was the then weight room now wrestling room and over the past however long there's been a crack running the whole length of the floor in the concrete of the weight room 
So, and we have a bunch of hand-me-down stuff, blah, blah, blah. Right. Rusted barbells, you know, all, all that good stuff, right? Doing the whole soapbox thing, but it is true. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten told now that we can't drop more than 100 pounds on our, on the floor because it may, because every time you drop weight on the floor, you go underneath on the cardio is, is beneath us, which we cannot move. We got told we cannot move that stuff. Um, little concrete shards will fall from, from, from the ceiling. Yep. So I'm like, okay. Um, so right now, if you want to build culture in the weight room, right? At least that we talk about how the hell can we do that right now? when we can't even really, we can't deadlift. We can't clean. No, no. we can't, can't do any of that stuff, you know, that, that we need to, but yet we're supposed to build that right now, even though we're scared that something might fall through the floor. So you got to make right. an outside weight room. Mm, well, I probably can't do that either. He's kind of got to accept the fact. And I don't blame kids if they go work out somewhere else right now. I can't. Right. Now, referendum passed. We're potentially, maybe this year, maybe next year, might have, you know, in addition, put onto the school for a brand new weight room, locker room, blah, 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 all that stuff. But we don't know if that's going to happen this year or next year. So until that happens, hands are kind of tied right now. We're doing the best we can, but. You know, attendance is low for kids because, you know, they can't really do a lot. Well, God bless you, because that sounds awful. Yeah, That's it's, awful. Uh, you know, it, it just adds on to the to the list of things. But you know what? You know, I don't, you know, do the woe is me parade. I, I don't believe in that. But at the same time, you got to acknowledge the reality of the situations. Right. Uh, God bless you, because I, th- I won't complain about anything in the weight room again, attendance or not. Like, God. Uh, or our, our kids who think they know better, they go to a gym. And now that's the other part of us is like, we're the last two and a half years, we're old school. We're like, you can't do that. You know, you have to be with us. Now we're getting to a point where we're like, but are they actually lifting still? We can't be too mad. Right. Cause they're doing right. something. Right. But the summer though, like you have to be with us in the summer. I don't care if you go after, but you're with us doing something. Right. For the and- team part. Right. And that's the thing is like, if you're going to go work out, like we're going to have, like we've been talking about changing up the summer routine, or whatever, because we used to do it like 6am, 7am thing. And we don't have any kids show up mm-hmm. because oh, it's yep. too early. So yep. now we're changing. Now they want to change things. And I'm like, okay, well, the thing is, is like, if we can get it to where more kids show up and actually participate, not be sleeping on, on you know, sleeping on, you know, the bench or the or, you know, sweeping in the squat rack then cool. Now we feed the kids, give them breakfast, give them lunch, all that stuff, kind of the thing. And plus, you know, obviously summer school is going on. Mm-hmm. So we got to figure out, we're trying to structure it around where if we can get the weight room time and then have open gyms for rotating schedule of open gyms for each sport. Um, if we can kind of tailor that to, to, you know, be kind of like you go boom to this, you know, you come and get breakfast, go to class. You could, after class, you go work out. After working out, you go to your open gym. So if we can get that rolling, which is what we're going to talk about here probably next week. I think I have a meeting I have to go to. That'd be great, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to be there as much as possible now, knowing the scheduling, stuff like that. I wish I would have known a little bit ahead of time because I took on uh, responsibilities of right now to do some youth-level stuff in the, within the district for, the, for summer school, for sports. But, um, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, that's what we deal with is uh, the summer not overworking the kids. 
because mm-hmm. they and I coach basketball there too, but it's what time do you have the weight room? Then they go from that to basketball. They go that to baseball. Then kids think they're all-star baseball players, so they go to travel baseball on top of that. Yep. Then they might come back and do a basketball shootout where they play three games. So now they're getting burnt out. And then I coach all of it, so it was hard. But for football, they're like, do we take a step back and scale things back? So for us, at a school I was at before – in June, we did no football besides just weightlifting. So it was just weightlifting all of June. And in Illinois, you get – it was 25, maybe it's 20 contact days yep. with them. So we were like at, – at one school I was at, June was all weightlifting. All of July was football. So four days a week, you had helmets on, then shoulder pads, do whatever. Get your dead week period at the end, and then you go right into – actual practice so it should just roll together like you've already installed stuff you're good to go and so we tried that this year at this new school but one thing we saw was it was almost like football was taking a step back to all the other sports because they were the kids were like well we just, it's just weightlifting so we're going to go to basketball we're going to go to baseball so now we're all dealing with well do we push back and start a little bit more in june and so it's just it's it's not the other coaches because i work with them it's not those coaches taking advantage scheduling more. They were happy. They're like, oh, they're going to lift? Great. They're going to lift and then do basketball or baseball? Great. Fantastic. Yeah. But then you fight that, well, it's just weightlifting or like, eh, I'll go do it myself later on. Mm-hmm. And do you trust them to do it later on? Right. And like some of the kids, like you said, you probably have some kids, on, some kids in the program that, yeah, sure, go ahead. Yeah, you, you hey, you come in. Yeah, you look like you've been lifting a little bit and you've been eating well. All right, cool. And there's some kids where you come in and they get smaller than they did before, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess you didn't do what you said you were gonna do, right? Or- you know, and you know, whatever circumstance that is, right? But to have them in the building is almost like that's the constant for us. Is like, okay, if we know you're we're you're in here, then. That is that is a variable that we can control, right? Right. We we can get you to where you need to be, but if you do stuff outside of school and you're not getting the results you want, or you're not really doing what you're supposed to be doing, then how is it still fair for everybody else involved that you're not participating with them? Well, that's that culture part of it where you're trying to hold accountability oh. and team and. Uh, like you said, no, not to talk bad about any other coach, but if other coaches thought this way, cool, God bless them. But then when you try to change it, and yep. this is the pushback you get, and we're still dealing with it. This guy's been the head coach since 2020. He's been at the school, but we're still, we're mm-hmm. slowly getting out of it. We can kind of see the light. Yep. But we're still dealing with it. Yeah. No, I can definitely see that. And you know, like, oh, well, this is how Coach So-and-so did stuff. Okay, well, he's not here anymore. I'm sorry. You know, regardless of the circumstance, this is what this is the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, we we he's not coming back, right? The, you know? I'm here now. I'm your daddy now. <laughs> That's what... <laughs> <laughs> right? But I don't know. I think... I've, I've always done, I've always thought about this in from, from a, cause I, I have a sociology to psychology background and I've kind of made a, like a general th- deal in my head of how you can reach kids. Right. Especially in situations like this, 
I think mainly your freshmen, your freshmen, you can you can really influence them to, right. to a good degree. Your right. sophomores, for the most part, your juniors are always 50 50. Mm-hmm. Can you or can't you? And the seniors pretty much mentality wise are what they are. Very rare circumstances that you can be able to flip flip an 18 year old kid's mentality in a situation. Right. Good or bad. Right. Um, and I feel like with the young squad that we do have, I think there is there's been a lot of good positive change. I think there's there, there's been some heavy resistance as well. You know, in, in in some very, you know, outlier circumstances. There there hasn't been the amount of it hasn't been that much, but the amount that has the small amount that has been there has been pretty prominent. So that's that's kind of that that's kind of that that moral battle we've we've been dealing with as well. Will will you have your assistant coaches do other sports too to help that out, or they be mainly football? Um, you know, we've had you know, we we have a we had an assistant coach this year that literally lived out of a hotel. Um, oh. He just he literally came up first time, first time ever been a coach. He kind of just lived out of a hotel, did some did some some side hustles and everything like that, and then and then coach for us. And he's not here right now. You know, he's back back where he back in his uh, back home. He plans on doing the same thing next year, at least, or maybe getting a place eventually. But um, a lot of the coaches are coaches through the district. I think one of our one of our coaches, he's a uh, softball coach. Okay. So, so he's in the building every once in a while, you know, stuff like that, being around. Um, got a couple other coaches that are very closely, tightly knit within the community with a lot of the kids that that are that are now going through the program. They pretty much have coached them in some aspects since they've been like pee wee kids. So that's that's a positive thing. Some of the new coaches are are still within the district. They're just not in the building. Okay. Right. Yeah. So they understand probably the mentality and kind of the the general feel of what goes on here in in in, in the city. It's just maybe not necessarily on an everyday basis with our with our specific kids. Yeah, because last year I worked at the school I work at now and coached football. I coached basketball at a school in the town that I live in because I don't live there. And then I coached baseball at a completely different high school. So I coached at three high schools last year while working at one. Jeez. And this year the basketball spot opened up and I took it and the head coach, football coach at least, was like, this is perfect because now you're a varsity football coach. You're now the freshman basketball coach you can try to treat them like varsity athletes to an extent so they have an idea of what's about to smack them in the face. And now when they get to varsity football from fresh basketball, they understand how you work, how we're going to work, and like how they're supposed to be held to the standard that um, maybe they never got told before. Mm-hmm. Even from our freshman football coaching staff who are great people, but some of them are on their way out of like retirement. So like now – this might be the first time or those kids that didn't play football, but they're playing basketball. Think about playing football. Now you get them to do that or other sports. Cause I promote all sports. I'm right. like, do something. 100%. Don't just sit on your couch and eat Oreos and bonbons and play 2k on your Xbox. Yeah. I'm like, I want to do that. Cause I'm old now. I can, I want to go do that. You guys. Yeah. Go out go and run. run. Go do something. Yeah. Enjoy the metabolism before it stops. <laughs> Cause it's going right. to stop at some point. Um, but I've also been that coach out of. The, I'm out, I am a coach out of the building, so I understand that. But you can find good coaches out of the building; they don't always have to yep. be there. 
Right. And it's, I, I think, I think nowadays it's harder to find good coaches that are in the building. Yes. Like, like for me, it's like trying to find coaches that are in the building. It's like, you know, there's just, just knowing the building that we're in, there's not a lot of male, one male, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, people with coaching experience now, whatever that may be, we don't have very many of them in the building. And, you know, some of them that do coach elsewhere mm-hmm. and they're happy with, with where they're at. So I'm not going to try to influence them to, to come coach for us. That, that'd be some dirty moves. Right. right? I, I'm going to respect their time and respect the, their head coach's time to not do that. Right. And I don't know. It's very, it's very interesting going through, and it'll be interesting to see who's applied. There's a, there's a, there's a prospective coach that, is coming through that I met with for a few hours that I would really like to bring on potentially as a coordinator for us. Um, but now with our defensive coordinator, unfortunately he's going to be retiring um, on top of that, it kind of opens it up now that where there's going to be more than one opening. Now, if push comes to shove and things need to happen, I don't mind taking over the defensive stuff again, like I have in the past at other school, at, my, at the last school I was at, I don't mind doing that. But at the same time, I'm going to the support I'm going to need from the other coaches is going to be a lot more than right. right? I'd probably vacate the special team stuff that I was doing now and have to divvy up per unity to each individual coach we have. Right. And that's right. That, that's that fine dilemma. It's like I'm I'm not that egotistical guy where oh you think this guy can call this, call a defense as good as you can. Well, besides the last couple of years, I had, I hadn't called defense before. Did I had have I coached a really good defense before? Yeah, but it wasn't really because of me. It was because of the players that I had mm-hmm. at the level that we were at. Right. Right. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how that goes for you. Like I said, because there's not a lot of coaches anymore, at least certain areas, because it's kind of like teaching. There's a teacher shortage. There's TA shortage. There's sub shortage. And then we still have schools reaching out saying, "Do you guys know anybody that?" wants to coach not trying to steal from us but like do you know anybody and we're like if we know somebody they're coming here because we need them you know like we we can't find them right you can't blame them for reaching out but you know it is what it is right yeah they're not reaching out to be like oh give me your offensive coordinator give me your whoever they're just kind of like hey guys do you know and we're like no we when we had the four openings they he's like steve do you know any coaches that wanted to coach and i'm like honestly no I don't. And if I do, yeah. they're already out of school. And I don't want to say, like, come here. Right. And, you know, like I said, one of my good friends that I worked with in the JUCO ranks, he got out of coaching the last couple of years. Like, he's done coaching. And he was, you know, co- he was on his way to being a D2 position coach. And, you know, he, he, he lives down in the Florida area. And I don't even want to call him. Like, we'll talk. We'll hang out. He's coming to my wedding and everything. Mm-hmm. But... I wouldn't dare ask him to come up here in Wisconsin winters and be like, Hey, you want to come coach for us at, at, at said school? Cause he's going to be miserable because of, you know, just, just like the dynamic. Why would you turn down Orlando to come up here? Right. You know, I even talking to college coaches and you could correct me if I'm wrong. They're having a hard time sometimes finding like GAs and like doing this things. Cause I think, I think because, People, because of social media and, you know, technology and everything, I think people are more hesitant. I mean, you're still going to have those people that, oh, it's – people are starting to kind of read the fine print when it comes to these GAs and interns and everything like that. 
right? Now, I applied for numerous GA jobs, knowing that my schooling was going to get paid, I'd get a little bit of a meal stipend and a roof to live over. Mm-hmm. No, like I did, I've done that. Did I get any of them? No. But, you know, am I regretful about that? Not really in this, in today's day and age. Mm-hmm. I, I can't blame people that, you know, or people that say, oh, there's no housing, no meals, no nothing, and you'll get a potential resume builder. Like, who, who in today's day and age with how things, how much, you know, how, how much things cost can, can really afford that very, very finite, you know, very small percentage of people can, can actually do that. Right. So I think from that perspective, I don't blame people. People that ask me, cause I, ba- you know, you know, in the JUCO study, I basically did what a GA does. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's and they, and they ask, well, what, what is it really like? I'm like, you gotta love this stuff, man. Right. You have to. If you don't absolutely love it, if you don't say f yes to an opportunity, you know, to doing football stuff, you're gonna be miserable. Right. You're, they're gonna grind you to the bone and, and see if you can see if you can last or not. Because if you don't, guess what? There'll be 30 more resumes sitting on their desk the next morning trying to do the same thing. Right. And you had cameras on you to make it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bringing that perspective again, <laughs> right? So you know, so yeah, you know that that added to it a little bit as well because you kind of had to you kind of had to watch. I don't I don't want to say like you do anything bad, but like you don't want to be potentially put on national you know media like you could potentially you know take take a little sound clip of what you said and then just run with it. You could be known as like you know you could be you know, taken out of context pretty easily. Right. So uh, I just had to throw that slide in there. I was like, yeah, you had a hard time GA, but then you had that on top of it. I was like, yours. So if you would GA it again, you'd be like, this is easy. This is nothing. Oh, what? Right. You know, like, <laughs> hey, I, I I have a desk. I have a computer. Uh, go do breakdowns. Go get me, rec- go get me recruiting lists, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Cool. Done. Easy. Mm-hmm. And I get paid for it. Sweet. Cool. All right. We're good. Right. No. The GA thing, even before the prices went up, I think it was COVID. And then, like, last year, they said, and then this year was worse. And like you said, well, then people just aren't coaching to begin with. But I thought about it. Somebody goes, hey, you could go to college and, oh, we need a D3 coach, but the pay is, like, $8,000 or $10,000. And I was like, no. And you'd have to teach in the building. Right. You'd have, you have to do three or four classes and then go to coach football in the afternoons. Right. Right. Now I'm still working. I'm, I'm I've got 15 master's credits put in. I'm like as you know as as you go pace program just in case I ever get a phone call, mm-hmm. right? And just be like, well, you know, I'm I'll always answer a phone call, but the thing is, it has to be the right fit now. Especially, got a house, gonna have a wife here soon, gonna have kids probably within the next five years, right? Right. It has to be the right. I'm not just gonna do it just for willy nilly and put everybody else who's been the pretty much dealing with my BS this entire time on right. the back burner. I can't do that. Right. Like who, who am I to do that? That's a pretty e- egotistical, you know what, if, 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 if that would be the case. Right. And that's what I, I didn't get offered a job, but people were like, look, they're doing this or doing this. And I was like, if I was 21 or 22, I would have, th- you know, and I probably should have back then if I thought about it, but like, you can't change anything. But like, if I was, and I thought right. I could make it work, I would. Now that when I'm 32, going to be 33 this year, it's really like I can't. It's really hard to sit there and yeah. do that. 
and I'm going to be 30 this year. And I'm like, you know, this just, you know, like, like you talk about, like I started coaching, I got into the coaching thing when I was 24, 23. And, you know, back then, hey, foot in the door, work your tail off. Maybe something comes along and then you just chase the dream, chase the dream, chase the dream the whole time. Right. You know, go to the AFCA clinic like I did for a couple of years, throw out my resumes, put make these fancy business cards, you know, try try to shake hands with the right people, try to do all that stuff. Man, it just gets exhausting after a while. Now, it only takes one opportunity, right? Right. And I have, you know, I'm, I'm happy for everybody that I worked with during my college time because a lot of those guys have full-time college jobs now. I don't. I'm a high school head coach, right? Now, if you now if they ever want to come 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 recruit and everything like that and talk to me about our kids, then absolutely, like we'll chop it up and it'll just be like like it was, you know, five six years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it'll literally be like we we never left the office. But right. you know, I I just can't see myself going that way that route unless the unless a really really set up opportunity comes about. Right, because you can't say, give me $8,000 a year to do this. Like, nope, that can't happen no more. Or, nope. you know, whatever. And it's one thing to take a pay cut and be like, okay, pay me this. But it's another to be like, what you're about to pay me to go to college and do this is my stipend or something at a high school. Like, this is my stipend and it's not my real job. So my real job has this money. This football mm-hmm. stipend's this. And guess what? I can do a second sport for the same stipend. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah, and I'm a substitute teacher. Like, I just got off a long-term six-week assignment. Like, that paid that paid pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I do for a living. Is I, I go substitute teach one to just keep in the loop of like grandscape grandscape of things with kids and how they interact. And two, it's like build relationships too. Potentially, who knows? Right, right. It does. So, you're you're bouncing around. You build relationships, and you got to keep those relationships too. Like, right. Absolutely. That's so why I like the, That's why I like this podcast that I do, do because I've met people all over the country on Zoom. And the crazy right. thing is, I bumped into some last year at a clinic. Steve, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, hi, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, there's some at this clinic coming up this weekend. There's a guy I talked to, never met before in my life, besides the podcast. I'll go see him and be like, hey, met you for the first real time. Yeah. Did that at the AFCA in San Antonio. Um Last last in twenty twenty January of twenty two, did that. I was like, oh shit. Oops, sorry. Uh, you know, you have so and so. I'm like, oh cool. Yeah. And that will happen. Like I, I just I brought up Coach Carrick, who is the Flexible One Hundred One YouTube. We've never met in person. He's in the Chicago land area, but we never met. He'll be at the clinic. He's even like, Steve, let's do a live podcast at the clinic. And I was like, oh my god, that's brilliant. Blah 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 blah. And so like, never met before. But, like, you build that relationship, and then you never know. Like, if I needed a job or I needed this, mm-hmm. now you can reach out to these people. Absolutely. And that's why I tell these kids, you can't burn bridges with coaches. You can't burn bridges with teachers because resumes. What if you need a reference? What if you need, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you need. Colleges, that's what you need. So if you're burning bridges because you think you're whatever, Mr. Hot Stuff, hot shit, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you you wish the short mining, like such a sh- short-term thought process could get changed 
and eventually eventually you'll probably will probably wither that a little bit but there's always going to be that well it's now and i don't worry about what what tomorrow is Mm -hmm. so you know it is what it is i guess we can only do what we can do and hopefully we get through some of this growing pain of how kids act now and it just gets a little bit easier as we go along. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> right. That's the hope. That's the hope. Uh, but the cell phones don't help. Social media doesn't help. Dealing with a social media problem right now. Uh, you know, no punishment over zoom because how do you punish a kid over zoom? Like it just didn't work. And so it's going to be, it's going to take years to get acclimated to a school setting real life setting and i tell these kids all the time if you can't handle us you're not going to handle your boss at a job that's paying you to do something if you can handle my crazy self you can handle anybody out there right absolutely well coach i realized i took a lot of your time and we talked some football and talked other things Um, you're okay bud you'll know when you get older you have to go to bed earlier the older you get that's how i am you get more tired yeah, um, I'm, I'm one of those midnight oil guys by nature. So this is this is just starting to get into get into my comfort zone. <laughs> oh God, see me. I'm normally at this time. I'm like, oh, do I go to bed? That's normally what's going through my mind. But <laughs> I'm also coming back from like basketball, dealing with freshmen, and I'm like mentally gone. No, I get you. And then when no. they start texting me about baseball coming up, I'm like, oh yeah, that one too. <laughs> But it's freshman B bombers, so it's not very like serious. It's just right. building relationships. Coaching at a different high school now, it's building that up just in case something happens. Right. You never know when you're going to need a favor from somebody. You never know. Or like, I hope my head football coach doesn't listen to this. I'm friends with the head football coach at the school I coach baseball at. They just went 12 and one this year. Not talking about going there, but it's cool to talk to him and just be like, what did you guys do? Like, how, right. did, how did you do this? They See, had, yeah, they had 220 kids show up for football. Yeah. You know, that, uh, that, that helps, right? That, that, that helps a little bit. If he listens to this, we, he said this, he asked me last year during the spring, what's your numbers look like? And I was like, well, I'm hoping to have 40 varsity players, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what about you guys? He goes, I think we're going to have like 195 show up. And I'm like, like total. And I'm like, and you're complaining? And he goes, well, I don't have enough helmets. I don't know if I have enough shoulder pads. Like, yeah. Yeah, that would, uh, man, <laughs> but budget of that would be nice, huh? <laughs> well, what was it? I think they had a, because football is not a cut sport in Illinois, really. Because like, why would you? Yeah. Yeah. I think they had to. I think they had like over 200 some come out and they had to like say, unless you guys pay out of pocket for the equipment, I yeah, and I can't do it. He's like, I'm trying to have a freshman C team, freshman B team, freshman oh. team. And like, he's like, yes. he's like, I can't do it. I don't have the equipment. The school is not going to buy this stuff because what if in four years you don't have like, then we have all this just sitting there. Right. And I'm like, but you're complaining about that? I think they had 80, 90 kids on varsity or something like that. It was something crazy. Right, right, right. I mean, to put in perspective, when we were at JUCO, we had 
we had like 400 kids in summer trying to play football in summer jesus. early summer jesus we had 200 kids in camp and a lot of them are walk-ons i'm assuming oh, oh yeah most of them were walk-ons just trying to have their one shot right, right? and then eventually it tailored down about 150 125 with you know people doing dumb things people saying ah you know what you're not giving me a fair shake blah 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 mm-hmm. even though nobody asked you to show up right so no nah, but yeah when you're going back to your you know just hanging out with that coach the coach is saying they went 12 and one so just picking up some nuggets right not not trying to learn their whole deal like oh well, this is how we're going to do things just take a couple like 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 the rule of thumb is at clinics take one thing away from a clinic it's worth mm-hmm. your time take right. one thing away from this conversation with a coach it's worth your time Right. That's the worst thing about this podcast is I feel like I waste people's times like this one. I feel like I think I just wasted his time talking through this because we didn't even like full X's and O's, but people can do that all day. If- right. And it's like the, the X's and O's, the nitty gritty stuff. That's fun. But it's like getting to know the why behind everything, I, I think for me, is the more motivating and more. I don't even know. Like it, I enjoy it more than just like, oh, well, here's what we're going to do in this situation on this thing. It's like, OK, cool. Right. Well, how is your relationship with your kid to make sure he know he's going to trust that this is what you're supposed to do at that at said time? Right. That was the we were very fortunate to go see a practice at Northwestern University right before the season started, mm. and got to see how they roll and how they operate, which was really cool. And I took that like, oh yeah, X's, we got to sit in meetings, and I'm thinking X's and O's are cool, even though they're way light years ahead of me. The stuff they were put on there, there's oh. boom, 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 boom. I'm like. Like I was in the old line room watching the film with them and they're doing practice. And he goes, now when you do this, da, 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 they went so fast. I'm like, I'm stupid. That's what well, I was you remember, you're, you're basically at like a Midwest Ivy school, right? You're like, okay, these kids, the, the, the level of intellect in here is probably way above mine. So, okay. <laughs> well, well, that didn't help. And then I'm just realizing like the type of football they do and how much they have. I'm like, I am stupid. Like, mm-hmm. And the, like you said, you had the O-line coach and the GAO line coach in there and just how quickly he had stuff set up for him, how they were doing this and how quickly they look at a play. And just as soon as the play popped up, they are they, like everything. And I'm like, I thought I knew football watching film. And then I do that. And I'm like, oh, I'm stupid. But the cool part was when we went out to the field, talked to Coach Fitzgerald and just learning how they run practice, learning what they do here, the weight room, talking to the sleeveless weight room. The straight yeah, coach yeah, yeah, got yeah. to meet him because um, one of our coaches and uh, uh, I guess you could say GA with their strength program for a year and a half. So that's how sure. it, that was our way in of like cool. it wasn't anything illegal in NCAA. It was it was illegal, but it was just how I, to get our name on the list to like go watch. And we got to see all that. And it wasn't even X's and O's at that point. It was how do you guys structure practice? How does this work? Um, they use catapult on their shoulder pads so he was going through like to figure out how they're tearing down the the body for the, everybody and mm-hmm. yep. um all that stuff and like just watching Fitzgerald he was just a CEO he literally walked around and talked to people he'd watch a little bit uh then go back and talk to people then he'd come back and watch and just seeing how that operated I think got our head coach to be a CEO because he was a D coordinator and then it kind of now he isn't he's kind okay. of pushed it off yeah and I think I think that's my thing going into this clinic season is I'm gonna po- I'm gonna pick some coaches' brains about structure, like how do you how do you structure your practice based on what you have, mm-hmm. right? I, I think that 
being consistent in that approach, I think is going to only benefit our kids. It won't hinder our kids at all because they'll know the deal. Right. Now I let the kids, I think the one thing that, um, I don't want to keep talking to this, especially, if, you know, you got to go to bed soon. Oh is, no. I feel like I was wasting your time. So I was like, we'll hop off, but no, you're okay. I like, literally could talk, talk for hours about this. I think the one thing that I did, and this is, you know, I don't chew my own horn very often. And it's like, okay, the one thing that I did that I think that got the kids to buy in a little bit or make them enjoy doing what we asked them to do is that I let, because they've never had music play at practice before. Never. Okay. And I let them make a playlist. Granted, everything had to be edited, right? And right, it couldn't yeah. be every other word <laughs> had to be edited. Um, I, I let them make it on that on Spotify. And I, we just play the playlist, turn it on shuffle, and then we just go to practice. Mm-hmm. And they'll even ask me, oh, what's the link to our Spotify thing? Just like walking around. I just want to listen to it. Just hang out. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And just like morale just picked up as soon as as soon as we did that. I said, you have to get a certain amount of kids out. And then we'll start playing music at practice. And mm-hmm. one, within two weeks, they had more kids than, than I asked for. And, and we're like, okay, cool. You got to keep them here now, too. And they're like, all right, yeah. we got it. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been all over. I've coached at seven high schools, five of them have been football, and I've been a part of every different type of practice planning. I've had no music. I've had music just on Thursdays for walkthrough. Um, a school I was at for one year, we ended up going 10-1. and one. He started off playing music, but if a practice was bad that day, the next day they didn't get it, they had to earn it back, and we had this big oh, speaker. Yeah. So let's say it's halfway through practice, they earned it back. So he like would put it back out there. But he did the same thing. Like they could play music, and he told me, "Steve, I'm an old school coach, but I also have to realize what has changed over time, and kind of how we have to adapt to what they do." And he was like, "Music, cool. We'll figure it out. We'll play music. It's not too loud. It's just there." Uh, competition Wednesdays to earn stuff. They do competitions and like who eats team dinner first. The last group that loses cleans up. All this type of stuff to make it fun. Uh, I've been a part of two platooning practice plans. It looks like a college practice. You walk out there, boom, 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 boom. Been a part of where our kids go both ways. How do you figure that out? Do you split it? Do you do all in one? I've done it all. Done it all. Bro. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's, no. Yeah, it's, it's just trying to see is a lot of it that I've learned over the last few years is just mainly like I'm confident in what, in what we're going to do. It's just getting – I don't want to say like relying on an affirmation, a reaffirmation of of what we're doing is the right thing, but just making sure that I'm not like the crazy off the beaten path guy, just doing stuff to say, just to be different. Right. Or make just, I don't don't know how, you know what I'm trying to say. It's just interesting to see that we're not alone. And I think that's the one thing that I kind of put the blinders on at times and kind of forget is that we're not alone in this whole ordeal. Like, like you said, a lot of coaches are facing the same, same things that we are. Mm-hmm. It's how you adapt. How do you accept it? Adapt, adapt with what you got. And how do you get the best out of these kids, both on and off the field to be successful? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that, some things that are changing is um, like strength training. Uh, there's a track coach here, Coach Tony Holler, he started feed the cats. Yep. Play, like where where he coaches at is right down the street from me. I'm supposed to be talking to him next week on here, and I'm nervous as hell because I don't know any of that world that I need to figure out. Right. Um, 
But what he started, another coach started who's on Twitter, Coach Dixon, and he started his like fast football or something like that. And he's like, they only wear shoulder pads maybe Wednesdays. I don't remember. They only go through like 10 defensive plays on Wednesday. He calls it caging them up. He's like, we don't even tackle. Like he wants to save all of it for Friday. And I think the past five years, his team has gone to two state title games or something. And like he uses all that training in the weight room. It's a whole thing that I just don't understand that world. Right. How they lift, how they get faster. I have a buddy that's into that world and how like their sprint day is this day, this day they'll do nothing and how much fast he'll have kids go from 18 running 18 miles an hour to now 23 miles per hour. Like it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the other world that's opening up to us is the old school lifting sometimes is going away. This is coming in because it's just being fast and it's being strong, but fast. Right. And I did, I did some strength conditioning for the last in, in junior college as well. And I ran a strength program at my previous high school for, for a few years as well. And the one, I think the two main things are that I take away from the strength and part. Cause I'm also a power lifter. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I can pick things up, and put things down. Good. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's the running adage, but no, I think the big thing that I picked up from, from, from Tony that I've kind of, I, I observe a lot of people in the shadows. I don't ask a lot of questions. I just kind of like try to, you know, divulge information, try to figure it out on my own, which is kind of a fault of mine. Um, is, is pretty much that speed reserve complex, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're, if you're fresh and if, if you're, if you're mid fast, like if you're out of your 75% is better than their 90%, right. You're still going to be faster, right? Mm-hmm. If you run it, your if, if you're programmed, right. And you run it, your fast and they run their fastest and you're beating them by two, three miles an hour, it's going to show. Right. And that's, that's I've incorporated that a little bit in the last couple of times when I actually had um, hands-on like ability to make changes and everything like that. Cause we have, you know, we, probably similar down there. They have, we have strength conditioning coaches and athletic trainers through a third party and everything like that. So they, they control everything on that, that mm-hmm. you know, and you know, are there some changes that, that, that I suggest and everything based on my experiences? Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're hired to do, do it for a reason. Now, if admin thinks they have to do something different, then that's a whole different deal. I'm not going to tell them that they need to replace it, place a coach or need to do this this way. I'm just not right. that person. Um, but Yeah, good. No, I found the name of it. Sprint-based football, where he mm-hmm. incorporates all of that. Interesting. Yeah. Because I, I think, what was it, they, I've, there's been a running thing. I don't know if you've heard about it. You probably, you talked to more coaches than probably I, I do on a very, very frequent basis is like, there's one thing that I've been debating. If we can get more kids, I think it's participating in what's called no sweat Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking potentially do that, but in, in my head, we need more kids for that. I don't know why I think that. I think that's, I don't know, me just being a little bit old school and stubborn with, with things, but kind of having it where, we can get a lot of work in with having more kids kind of go up against each other than having to stop practice flip script. Cause we have to do in my, we, we, we did one and then the other, and then a third one, if we had time for mm-hmm. units this, this year, this past year. Right. Uh, 
which was tough, but I don't know. It, I, I would love to two platoon. I think that's the end goal is to two platoon everybody and have a, a couple crossovers that can go over every which way, right? That's, that's the dream, right? But mm-hmm. I've, I've been in places where we've had 16 kids lined up for a playoff game when another team has 16 seniors for a playoff game. Yeah. It, 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 it just, it, you know, no matter what you do, you're going to get, you're going to get Rick rolled, but yeah. The, the two platooning year was the best. I've never been a part of that. We had kids that didn't have to go both ways, but we mainly did. But we had 53 on varsity, and we just had an offense and defense, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, Right, and you can practice at the same time. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I, You know, we have enough space to do it. We're getting a – I think our field either this year or next year is going to get fully turfed. We're going to get a brand-new facility pretty much built you know, an extension with the weight room and everything like that. So, like, things are changing in a positive way. If we could just get, you know, to give the kids a little bit of hope just, like, from a visual mm-hmm. perspective, then we can get them in. Then they'll probably accept what we're trying to do a little bit better. Well, the kids look at that. Oh, you've got new helmets? Maybe I'll come join football. Or, like, oh, those are new jerseys? Wait, that's new football field? It's so dumb that that's what they do. But that's what happens. Right. But, you know, these kids are a little bit different than when, than when we were, right? Not it, it, not saying it's good or bad. It's just their priorities and you know their their mindsets have changed a little bit. And we either adapt to it or you're just going to bang your head against the wall, saying, "Well, these kids, they no, you got to adapt. If you don't adapt, don't coach." Right. Yeah, I'm, I was looking up his thing. Yeah, Wednesdays is the only day they're padded up. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's different than everybody else. Tuesday. Monday's their sprint day, so they'll sprint. Tuesday, they don't sprint, but it's helmets only. Wednesday is a sprint day with shoulder pads on. Uh, very limited team time because he, he, he uses the term caged up. Uh, Thursday, not sprint day. Friday, they're ready to go. And like. Uh, now, knowing that, is, is that in a area that has spring football and has athletic periods? This is a he is at a tiny high school. Illinois does not have spring football uh at all. And his high school is smaller. I coach at a school that has two thousand kids. His probably only has like two hundred or so. Wow. I suppose you gotta really be careful with with limited numbers. Yeah. Well that's why when COVID happened and when they were combining the, the seasons, the smallest high schools took the biggest hit because you have kids doing all the sports, so it was really difficult to look at a at a you know your baseball team or something when football was going on. Like, well, all of them play baseball, so they're not going to show up until football's mm-hmm. over because they overlap. There was this week and a half overlap between each sport, Oof. and it was horrible. Um, but these bigger high schools, it didn't matter. So if you're at a school of four thousand kids, oh well, five played football, so it doesn't matter like while basketball is going on or something. So it didn't matter. Actually, um, where I was at, we played in the fall during COVID. We played. We had to play all road games because the city wouldn't allow us to play at the home field. And I was like, oh, my God. But, hey, you know, whatever. It, it was what it was. We played. We ended up playing, yeah, was it, was it nine road games, eight road games, something like that? That's it was awful. insane. Yeah, his high school, I'm looking it up, is 239 kids. So that's how they do it. Um, I don't know if he's presented something in a year or two, so some things kind of change here and there, but it's on YouTube. He puts it up there. Um, we don't do it. 
I've tried to like kind of hint at it, but I just don't know enough about it to like fully present it. So I'm just kind of like, eh. And I don't want to step on our strength coach's toes and be like, right. And that's, yeah, for me, that's the one thing. Like, I don't want to say like stay in your lane, but like for me, I don't want to tell other people how to do their jobs. Right. That coming from somebody that's not even 30 years old has been coaching now. This will be my seventh year coaching. I have three to four years. I probably have like five, probably five or six years of strength training, you know, strength conditioning, you know, personal training, stuff like that. Like I I have that background, but I'm not going to go in there all high and mighty saying, this is how you should do things. Like I did that when I, when I just came out of junior college and I made an ass out of myself. Right. I, you keep, to me, you can't do that. Yeah. Especially if I don't know it, it's one thing to know it and bring it up in a meeting and be like, well, this is what I research. What do you think about this? And if they all say no, you go, okay. Like that, that's about it. If I don't know enough, I don't do it. So that's why I'll never bring up all that stuff. Cause I just don't know enough. I know old school ways of lifting. I know, I understand if you say, Hey, go show this kid out a power clean. Obviously I can do that. But like, I'm not going to sit there and put a plan together. Cause I don't do that. That's not my, that's not what I do. Right. And it's, it's always an interesting debate. Cause it's like, there's no perfect way to do something. Right. Cause somebody's going to be like, well, I can tweak it this way and then it'll be better. And then somebody else will want to tweak it that another way. It's right. just trying to find something that fits what you are trying to do with your specific set of kids. Right. So that's why like, I like researching that stuff. And then it's like the stuff he presents is just enough. You know, he's not going to give everything away, but it's just enough. No. Yeah. But en- enough to reel you in. Right. Right. But I've had him on here before and it wasn't for very long. He gave me, I, I, I straight up said, I was like, I'm, pre- I'm asking these questions as a stupid guy asking how you do these things. So he would give me the beginner's answers of things and, you know, like, yeah, we get called soft because we'd only hit on Wednesdays and we don't hit very much because the old school way is, well, when do you teach tackling? When do you do this? Like you said, what if you have kids that never played football before? Well, obviously you have to do this. And so there's tweaks. And then the lifting part, like if it's a leg day and you walk in and you can tell their legs are just not with it and it's squat day, well, send them to the leg press if if their body's rejecting it. Like you have to see all of that and – you know, yeah. is that too much for a coach? If a head coach, like, for example, if you're doing strength training, you're doing special teams, you're doing the hiring, you're doing the budgeting, and on top of it, you have to re- look at each kid and make sure that this is that, like, and I'm like, that may be a lot for a coach to do all the time. And then I'd ask them, I'm like, is that why maybe people don't do it the old school way is do this because I said so? And it's kind of like, yeah, we have to get rid of some of some of the old old school ways of thinking. Right. And I think, I think it's better. And this is just like a thing in my book. You can get a, you, I don't want to say get away, but it is easier to make that transition, especially when you have kids that are consistent and then don't have a zero training age. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? My training age, right? Yes. Yeah. So if they, if they are experienced, they, they have a baseline, they have a knowledge base of what they have to do when they have to do it in, 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 in there, Mm -hmm. a lot easier to make that transition. Right. Right. If you don't, if you have kids who literally show up and like I said, never played football before, never lifted a weight before. How do you, how do you tailor to that? Right. Right. It's like pretty much as I tell people that talk, ask me about, Oh, it was a rough season for you coach. We're basically in teaching mode till about weeks, week six or seven. 
Mm-hmm. We always had some kid coming in that we had to teach over and over and over again. Right. Regardless of what it was. And I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm just telling, hey, this is what had to happen. Or your problems are not the same as my problems. Right. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Now, put put me in a vacuum. Oh, we're, we'll, you know, we can do stuff in a vacuum. Cool. But that's the shoulda, coulda, woulda principle. Mm-hmm. It's not, doesn't apply. Right. Or like, no offense to school, I coach baseball at his problems of 200 kids was not my problems of having 80 kids total and dealing with, well, they just won't go to the weight room or, oh, they left to go play travel baseball this weekend. Like your problems are not my same problems. Right. Mine are, well, my, you know, some of them, well, they got to work because mom's working four jobs. Yes. Or, you know what I mean? Like they have to babysit and I've literally told kids, Hey, Bring bring your bring your younger siblings to practice. We'll find them something to do. Mm-hmm. They can throw football right. around. Right. You, you want to do water? Here, I'll show you how to do water real quick. Then we had then we had a couple water boys. Yeah. That literally traveled with us. We gave them food. We get them all that. Appreciate it. It was it was a huge help to us. And we never thought it would be a thing. Oh, we run the same thing. Like, oh, my mom got called into work. My dad got called into work. I have to watch my siblings or my cousin. And we we're like, cool, bring them. Yeah. Come to practice. We'll figure it out. Or hey. We'll, we'll, we'll let you leave practice early if this is the problem or something. Like, we'll work with you. Right. You know, it's just when you just say it after the fact and you don't tell us ahead of time what's going on, that makes us question what whether or not you're in this for the right reasons. Or it's constant, the same thing. Yeah. It's like, well, where's the, where's the solution to said problem? Mm-hmm. Like, we're giving a potential solution, and if you still don't want to do that, then you then it'd probably be in your best interest to provide one or to come up with one. Right. Or like we had one that said, Oh, I'm hoping my dad at work I'll be there soon. These kids will snitch so quick because mm-hmm. if they're at practice and they go they show you a picture. You want to see where he is? He's not yep. working. Hey, he, he yeah, he, he said he's uh at the doctor's office, but he's live on uh or he's he's doing Instagram stuff right now or he's Here's here here's him logged online playing video games. We, Dang, okay, you did my homework for me. We the same thing. Like I have a doctor's appointment, and then that day, everybody's like, "Well, we're so and so." I'm like, "Oh, he said he has a doctor's appointment." They go, "No, he's not. He's getting a haircut." Look, he texts me. He's getting a haircut, and like they're so quick to snitch on him. Hey, you know what? It is you know. Hey, make your job a little bit. That's that's like one of the few times where it's like okay. Kids are so smart. Yeah. Like, they, they can figure things out so fast. Yeah. And and they know I don't snitch on them. I don't say who told me. I just say, hey, I found out that you got your hair cut while these kids were running in practice. Not for, you know, just practicing, like doing their thing while you're out getting your hair cut. Hmm. Or yeah. I caught him and I sent him a message. I said, hey, just make sure you bring me a doctor's note. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We need it for, uh, you know, for paperwork purposes, right? You know. Yeah, I, I, I make sure the trainer knows just in case something happened. You know, we just need something. Right, right. Just to make sure the protocols and see if your training plan has to change. Just really do it by the book. And they're just like, oh, dang it, man. It's like, well. I do it all the time with dentist appointments, too. They think I won't do it for that. If they have, like, a dentist appointment and some other appointment, I go, well, the dentist will give you a note. Just, just have them sign something. Bring it to me. Yeah. 
or they forgot or they don't see my message and they go, well, I didn't see your message. And I go, oh, you better go back and get a doctor's note that proves you were there. Yeah. I have to go back? Yep. Or, or you ain't practicing. I need that note. Yep. And, <laughs> and they can't handle that. No. All right, Coach. For real this time, we're going to wrap it up. Um, okay. I appreciate your time being on here. Um, I'll try to get you back on before your wedding. Maybe after the wedding, we'll have to wait and see uh, yeah. more about how it goes. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's 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 in mid to late May, so you know, maybe you know I'll probably be available. Probably not. The month of May is gonna be pretty much off limits. So oh no, I would just... never do that. Like September, nobody be around me because that's what we're gonna deal with. All right. But uh, I appreciate you coming on here, um, uh, talking some ball. Uh, we didn't get to X's and O's. I hope that's okay. Dad, hey, it's all good. Like I said, I don't, I don't mind just, you know, shooting the breeze with people. It's all good. Well, everybody who watched or listened, thanks for that. Um, and we will see you guys next time.